Good morning, this is your host Rusty James. It is Tuesday, August 25th, 2015, and this is The Ride. Well, I wanna welcome you here today. Got some things on my front burner like to talk about, namely, conspiracy theories. You guys know what those are? I'm sure you do. But have you sat down and really thought about conspiracy theories and what really drives them? You know, I do sometimes. There's a lot of things I think about. And I love this podcast because I get to just vent. You know, everybody needs a place to vent. And this is my place, so... Whether you agree with me or not, this is where I'm venting and, you know, whatever. But, you know, conspiracy theories are kind of weird. They've always been fascinating to me, really, because, you know, there's an element of intrigue and mystery and suspense even behind these things. And it kind of gets your brain thinking in ways that maybe you don't normally think. And I find that kind of fun. It exercises my gray matter. For example, you know, there are, there are people who believe that we never landed on the moon. I have a hard time with that one. I believe we did. I don't even believe that there's a whole lot of rational reasons why we would have faked it given the amount of money and uh, publicity the whole thing had I mean really but you know there still are those folks who believe that we never really landed there and it was all made up and you know that's what conspiracies are if you think about it you know, conspire is part of the word. It implies that there was thoughts and plans that were conspired by typically more than one person. I think that's kind of the definition. You'll have to look it up because I don't have my dictionary with me. But, uh, you know, people or entities conspiring together to perpetrate a non-truth. And if you listened to the podcast yesterday, which was rather unique, you'd know that that's kind of how our enemy operates, is they conspire together to perpetrate non-truths, or what what, uh, they would call misinformation but so conspiracies are interesting to me because probably more than any other reason it makes me it makes me be I don't know be full of wonder at the uh, audacity of the thoughts of people who would believe certain things, certain conspiracies. 
You know, another one is 9-11 and how the United States military perpetrated that whole attack and covered it up and made it look like terrorists did it. And, and the rationale behind it is looking at footage of the events of that day and tweaking the perception in such a way to cause questions to arise. Enough questions to cause you to wonder, well, did this really happen? The way that they all say it happened? That kind of thing? And at the core of it, you have to, if you want to believe in the conspiracy, then you have to believe that many people conspired to cover up the truth. And in many cases, I, I just can't wrap my head around how many people would have to be controlled in order to cause that to be, you know, not broken up into an obvious lie. But then I realized that, you know, humans, they'll hold on to something. They will hold on to a thought. If it aligns with what you currently believe, and sometimes they'll hold on to it even in the face of obvious opposition to that thought. So I'm thinking that there were some other conspiracies that are out there. I mean, there's plenty of them. If you think, you know, everybody talks about the black helicopters and how, you know, there's some kind of military or governmental group of people that uh, conspire to cover up certain truths, cover up the alien landings and all this stuff. Or to perpetrate the alien landings. You can have a conspiracy that says that that did happen. But it kind of all boils down to perception of truth. What is the perception of truth? Is there an absolute truth? I, I, my definition, my feeling on that is truth is truth. There is a truth. That tree I'm looking at right now is planted in the ground at GPS location, whatever, whatever, whatever. You can't change that. You dig up that tree and you plant it somewhere else, okay, the truth has now changed for that tree. The truth is now that it is planted at this GPS location. Those are concrete things. The world has a lot of things that aren't concrete. It's more like, what's the position of this hot air balloon right now? It's at GPS location, blah, blah. Oh, wait. It's now at GPS location, blah. Wait a minute. Just moved again. You know what I'm saying? It, it moves. There's certain things that continue to move. So one could say that 
at one point the United States was a Christian nation because maybe you could define that as the majority of citizens of our country claim to be Christian. And so a truth might be at one point in time that the United States was a Christian nation. But if you use a definition like that now, that might not be the the case. We might not be a Christian nation. So anytime you're trying to weigh the the stream of culture and the stream of social direction, it's really hard to nail down truth. And that's what... I think that's why people have a hard time with a person like myself who would say, but there is a truth and it's unchanging and His name is Jesus Christ. I think it's so hard for some to accept that. But I believe that the truth of Christ in the Gospel doesn't change. Not at the core. What I mean by that is there's elements of Christianity that do not change from from the day that everything was created to the to the day that everything burns up in fire. Yes, by the way, earth and earth our earth as we know it at some point will burn up in fire and there'll be a new earth. Don't believe me? Read Second Peter near the end. So some folks find it difficult to accept a truth and I think a lot of times the reason that that's so hard to accept is because that means if there's truth, then there's lie, then there's non-truth. And it's a whole lot easier to live your life if you don't have to acknowledge that fact. You look back at uh, the Roman Catholic Church back when Martin Luther had said, you know what? I'm reading this Bible and I'm thinking that you know the the church the Roman Catholic Church shouldn't be the only one that's telling me what this means in fact I think that there's you know I don't know all the theology of the the Reformation movement but I do know that he had declared a number of things that he nailed on the wall and said, you know, this is going to, what you're, what you're preaching, essentially, Roman Catholic Church, goes against what this scripture is saying. And the Reformation was born. And you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that we need to have another Reformation. I mean, it's kind of starting to happen, but 
in the same way that Martin Luther, and not Martin Luther King, by the way, for those who don't know, but Martin Luther, look him up. The same way that he <clears throat> declared certain things that Scripture said, I think we ought to do that. You know, as Christians, it's not our job to go to church on Sunday, listen to what the pastor, who may be a very decent, very good man, very godly man, may, and you know, we all need to be connected to a church. I'm going to say that right now. Scripture is clear that we need to uh, join with other believers in a body and support what's going on locally. 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 So that you can encourage the faith of others and they can encourage you. It's important that that happen. But if that's all you're getting fed from that pulpit, that's, that shouldn't be the case. We should be in that word all the time, guys. We should be hearing for, from the Lord every day. That's a truth. Right there's a truth that he speaks to his children. Knock and it will be opened. Seek and you will find. We need to have a reformation. We need to reform our minds. Church isn't just some place you go. Church is who you are. You're the church of the living God. You're His bride. That's what He calls us. His bride. There's plenty of stories in Scripture that talk about how the bride prepares for the wedding day. Well, are we preparing? Let's hope so. Conspiracy theories. You know, I don't know if you know this, but I was reading through Matthew and reminded that when Jesus was raised to life on the third day, and was no longer in the grave. There was a conspiracy that formed right then and there. The Roman guards and their leaders said, okay, listen, you guys, you know, you had like the job. It was your job. You had one job to make sure that nobody got this body of Jesus. That's why they put the, the stone there to make sure, because I think they were thinking that, you know, the disciples and all the followers of Jesus would somehow take his body and then claim that he had rose again. That's what they were kind of figuring out that might happen. So they go through all this, they post guards and everything. And what happens is he's gone. So now they conspire to perpetrate a lie, which is, hey, just say, they stole his body 
and that's kind of the end of it. And then you guys don't have to feel like you're stupid. And scripture says that that story has been perpetrated and still continues to this day, you know, at the day of the writing of that. And I would say that it continues even now, that, you know, if people acknowledge that there was a Jesus Christ, but they're not believers, they may say that they believe that story, that his followers are the reasons why he was no longer in the grave, and why everyone believes that he rose from the dead, but he's just a normal bloke like anybody else, and, you know, you shouldn't follow him. I don't subscribe to that. Is that the right word? Subscribe? Ascribe? I have to look that one up. That one's always bothered me. Anyway, I don't, uh, I don't accept that explanation. There's another thing, I don't know if you guys know this, but it's an interesting issue. When you look at the first witnesses of his not being in the grave, his departure, the first witnesses were two women, which really speaks to something because if you so here I'm saying there is a conspiracy to perpetrate an untruth on the part of the the government or the Roman soldiers and the leaders but they would say that there was a conspiracy on the part of the believers and the followers of Jesus to conspire to take his body and to claim that he rose from the dead. And so who are you going to believe? Well, I'm thinking, you know, if you want people to believe your side of the story, you would come up with the most credible evidence to, to make your case. And interestingly enough, the two witnesses that saw that Jesus wasn't there, in fact, they were confronted by an angel, they were women. Now, this is interesting because women didn't carry any weight in, in the courts then. You know, legally, their witness didn't carry any weight. And now if they were two men, that'd be a whole nother story. So it's kind of interesting to think about the fact that if the followers of Jesus wanted to conspire to state their case that, yes, indeed, Jesus has risen from the dead, they wouldn't have used two females to be the first witnesses. They wouldn't have done that. Yet they that's what happened. And to me, I, I believe it deeper than, you know, needing to be proved it by this interchange. But if, if I had to rely on, you know, the, the truth of the 
circumstances, then this whole issue with the women would speak to me and say, well, there was not a conspiracy attempted here on the part of the believers. I think conspiracy stuff is really wild because at the core of it, you know, the, the cool thing about it is to look at them. I mean, I'm talking about all types. The lunar landings, all the stuff. It kind of implies that there's somebody or some overlord person who knows, like, all the truth, but isn't letting on because they're wanting to conspire to conceal some ultimate truth. And it's kind of, I don't know, it's, there's a lot of intrigue in that, thinking that there's somebody that's pulling the strings. I mean, come on. You got to admit that's kind of cool, right? There's somebody that you don't know who's kind of pulling the strings. And part of our who we are as, as humans wants to know that somebody's got it all figured out. And even though we might not know the answers, somebody does. And... You know, at some point, we believe that that truth will come out and we're going to recognize the guy behind the curtain. It's kind of the Oz thing. But I think that that's just driven by our desire to want to understand and control everything. And since we can't control everything... We make this fictitious mastermind Oz character, the wizard behind the curtain, and we make him up or make her up just so that our psyche can sleep at night because we can't figure out everything so somebody's got to know everything and we kind of rest better knowing that you know all the answers are known it's just we might not know them I guess somebody could say that that's what a Christian does because we believe that there is this overlord who knows all the answers And I believe that 100% with all my being that he's there. And I didn't actually think that we'd take this direction, but you know, this is one of the things that people say. And one of the reasons why they don't want to accept Christ is because they look at the Christian experience and the and the way we think as weak-minded like I was just describing about our culture. It's our weak-minded attempt to understand everything that we can't understand. I mean, I, I'm totally willing to expose, you know, that right now. I like th thinking about all this stuff. I mean, these are valid questions that people raise. Is this whole Christianity thing just some conspiracy that it just happens that caught on and the whole world is accepting 
this thought of Jesus as a is a risen son of the one living God and we all believe it because it's how we can sleep at night that's a valid concern and like I've said before there's no way to prove I can't prove to you that he's real if you don't want to believe that he's real then you've what what I believe is that you've bought a lie from the enemy of him from his enemy you've bought the lie and, and as far as he the enemy is concerned you're, you're just fine he, he, they don't need to worry about you any longer because you just won't believe it and you can just live your life and not make any waves in the spiritual realm but I say that there is a conspiracy going on oh this is going good there is a conspiracy going on that's perpetrated by the enemy of God and that's simply to divert your attention away from all things spiritual He does it in two ways, I think. He meaning Satan and his fallen angels. I think he does it in two ways. The argument he'll make is there is no spiritual realm whatsoever. What you see is what you get. And if you buy that, then anything that has to do with anything spiritual is just blatant falsehoods and you will not accept it. That's one way he operates. The other is a hyper-spirituality that either attracts the person to a spiritual life because he, he knows that that person believes that there's a spiritual element to life so he attracts them to all sorts of flavors of spirituality but ridicules the one way that is true you ever wonder why God's name is the one that's cursed why do we use Jesus Christ to curse that to me is an indication if for you have if you open your eyes and think about that we don't curse by Muhammad or Allah we curse by Jesus Christ the name under which we can be saved and that name is cursed if aliens were to look at all of our movies you know what the first thing they would say is whoa this is very interesting who is this Jesus Christ he's referred to in thousands of movies I find that beyond fascinating in fact if you want to tell me that there's not something going on with that 
then you are part of a conspiracy to avoid the truth. That's how I'm looking at it. I don't think that I'm biased in the sense that I'm just noticing that because I serve Jesus Christ. Anyone who is a thinking individual could recognize that there's something to that. I'm a Christian, and yet there are certain things that if they are, have a Christ-centric, uh, um, what am I looking for, motive, you know, whether it be a movie or whether it be a... I'm not exactly sure what I'm saying here, here but there are times when something will come up on the radio or something will come up on TV and it has to do with Jesus Christ and it could be a decent thing but all of a sudden I get this twinge that no oh, I don't want to listen to that I don't want I don't want to hear that truth and I, I really believe that there is an enemy who's pulling out all the stops to cause us to have this animosity toward all things godly I, I've never been more certain of it than in this day and age it's so it's like a well it's a spirit I'm aware that there are spiritual things going on in this world we all should be aware of that and here I am I'm someone who should be wanting to support the things of the Lord, and yet there are still times that I see something that might be holy, you know, holy and and decent and everything, and I still like get this. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to mess around with that right now. I'd much rather do something that's more fleshly. I'm just being completely honest with you. So there's this there's this element of warfare going on, and it's a conspiracy. the The enemy, our enemy, doesn't want us to know there's even a war going on. And I know there is one. How do I prepare for this battle? Well, I have to put on the right gear. So what you need to do, if you don't know how to prepare for battle, go to Bible Gateway and you search for the words feet shod. S-H-O-D. Or look up the word breastplate of righteousness or the helmet of salvation. Because that's my clandestine way of telling you where to go and find it. Because I don't remember the scripture reference. I think it's Ephesians, but don't hold me to that. But that's why I'm always saying, you know, we got to be in the Word. Be in the Word. I'm finding more and more every day that it is more fun to get in that word than some of the things I used to think were fun. Because I'm getting new stuff every day, yo. 
And I've read this thing through a few times completely. And I think it has everything to do with the heart of the reader. Because we change over time. Someday we, we might need to hear a certain thing that's in there that we didn't notice before. And as we mature, we'll recognize that there's maybe more required than we first thought. And now that we've reached a certain level of maturity in our walk, we realize, oh yeah, that's right. That's something that I'm able to do now. I, I wasn't able to do that a year ago. I, I wouldn't have been able to accept that truth. But now that I've been in the Word and I've been kind of seeping in it, and it's kind of gotten into me more and more, it causes me to want to do it more and more because I see the results of it. I see my mind getting clearer. I see my world getting bigger in the sense that I care about more people than just little old me and if I'm going to minister to other people I need to have the Spirit of God in me flowing and operating in a way that's bigger than it was last year so as we wind down today just remember that there is a conspiracy against your soul and You've got a whole church behind you, though, that wants to lift you up and encourage you. And I'm just one of that church. But I'm going to encourage you right now. You can make it through today and you can make it through tomorrow. Just don't, don't be blind to the fact that there's this conspiracy out there to get us, try to get us off our path. Our path is recognizing that there is a Father in Heaven a son crucified and raised to cover your sin and cause you to have a relationship with the Father that's pure. You know, the Father sees you as righteous because of what Jesus did. So don't keep beating yourself up for those mistakes we make. Confess them before the Father and get on your feet and keep walking. Don't get under condemnation, but let the Holy Spirit convict you and bring you to a newer more mature place in him and I promise your days ahead will be exciting they won't be problem free but they will be exciting and you will make it every day of your life and you will affect thousands around you through what you let the Holy Spirit do through you okay stay in the word live in peace pray for those who persecute you and I will see you on the flip.